Very warm greetings to all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now we continue on our study regarding incontinence. Before we go further, let us turn to God in prayer. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us in thy house. And Lord, we come acknowledging that we need thy cleansing, thy washing thoroughly in the blood of our Saviour. And we do pray now that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher. Lord, remove every wandering thought, distraction, the tiredness of the body. Lord, that we may understand this important topic. Lord, that we may know how to develop self-control. For we live in times where, Lord, the pleasures of sins, um, even the things that surround us, Lord, are so um, in abundance to draw us to be lacking in self-control and falling into even addictions. And Lord, when we are addicted, we are useless to you. So, Father, be in our midst. Awaken our souls and understanding by your word. We ask and pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let us continue on the topic on then how, how can a Christian recover? All right? How can we recover from incontinence? How can we develop self-control? Now, I just want to make sure we understand now Lack of self-control can be not just in, well, we often think in, well, pornography or something very sinful, all right? Now, it can be even in normal things, use of media, use of food, use of sleeping, use of exercise, right? These are things that we can also, um, over time, become addicted to and not be able to regulate our discipline. Now, as a result, it affects, well, our usage of time, money, and our health even. Eventually, it affects the Christian walk. So this warning in scriptures that at the end time, the proliferation of sin and also many pleasures may not be sinful pleasures, right? <clears throat> Life, God's picture of the end times before his return is, well, men will be eating and drinking and given in marriage. Are those sinful things? No, given to all these things means that is what preoccupies them and they are, they are just immersed in it. They just have to keep doing it. That's all they're interested in doing. Now, it begins to affect the Christian walk, the Christian church. So what is self-control? Very quickly, it is the governance or prudent control of one's desires, cravings, impulses, emotions, and passion. All right, so governance, self-control. It is, I am quoting something, right? It is saying no when we should say no. Right? So that is what it is. And also in legitimate, legitimate things, the moderate use of them. Absolute restraint when it comes to things that are clearly sinful. So when it comes to things that are clearly sinful, is absolute immediate restraint. Even, but in things not sinful, there must also be moderation, self-control. All right? Now, so that is what it is. The Christian, I think, in these last days, probably has probably backslides and are worldly because of this issue of incontinence, incontinence. Now, we saw last week the steps to recovering from this. Number one is re renew, renew the spirit of the mind. We must have the renewal of the mind first. The spirit of the mind means you must have a new way of thinking. Being self-disciplined is not negative because it's something that the world um, teaches us. Well, just do what you want. So it comes to a point of time where children 
they cannot be controlled. They do not want to be controlled. As they grow into teens, they, they do not even think that self-control is important. In fact, they think it's a negative thing. Right? The, the moment you're trying to control them, they retaliate, they get very angry. Adults likewise. So re- renew the spirit of the mind. Then we talk about removal and replacement. We read in the book of Ephesians. I hope that we do not forget this. Re- removal alone is not enough. There must be replacement. You remove something that you're addicted to, you must replace it with something spiritual, all right? something useful. You must be occupied in something else. Otherwise, <clears throat> you will fall again. Now, I want to explain that tonight a bit more. I know last week I spoke about it a bit already, but maybe I read to you, for example, well, well, the next hour tonight, all right? We will try to cover two or three hours tonight. How to develop self-control, right? The next hour is <clears throat> rely. Rely on God, right? You want to overcome lack of self-control, you need to rely on God. Haven't we heard that so many times? What does it mean? Well, on Sunday we learn, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, what does it mean? Maybe I'll ask you, hopefully you remember. Uh, what does it mean to rely on Christ, to, that through Christ we can do all things? Um, uh, Thomas. Okay, but contentment is one of the things that you need to rely on Christ. So how can I be content? So Paul is saying, I can be content because I rely on the strength of God, right? So the word to say contentment will help us um, depend on God is not true because contentment, you can't even have contentment until you rely on God. So what is it that you need to rely on God for in order to, for example, be content? knowing that God is in absolute control. All right, but the problem is we know all this, but we still, we still end up falling. What are the two things? What does it mean? I'm relying on God. Do you rely on God? Yes? So what does it mean to rely on God? Maybe I ask um, Jemima. What does it mean to I rely on God's strength? What are the things that we keep doing? Very good, right? Trust and obey God's word and pray. Remember, two prongs. I know there are three, all right? But very often, this, I just talk about these two, the life and the neutral. There are two prongs. The word and prayer. As long as you are connected, you continue to engage. You can do all things. The problem is we disengage. In the word, we disengage in prayer. So these two things is what it means. So when we say we need to rely on God... Well, for example, you're addicted to something, you, you find that you just keep going back to the thing or you just, it takes over you, your life, all right? You want to study God so you need to grow, you don't. Then you turn to Ephesians, all right? Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, all right? Now, so we say, okay, I need to rely on the strength of Christ to overcome addiction, whether it's pornography, whether it's um, gluttony, whether it's overspending, whether it's laziness, whether it's lack of um, discipline. Well, God says, put off, in verse 22. Then he says, put on. He says, all right, 
I need to do that. Then you start doing that. So for example, now you see in here, in this, the following verses from 25 to 32, God deals with various aspects, acts, or emotions, right? Verse 26, emotions, anger, and then in verse um, 27, don't give place to the devil, all right? Don't, you must control your anger. Don't steal actions, verse 28, actions. Then go labor, replace it with hard work. There's always a replacement, verse 29, communication, words. Um, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Instead, now you talk about edifying things. Right? And then verse 31, emotions again, bitterness, wrath, replace them with another kind of emotions. So both actions, words, thoughts, feelings, God keeps talking about replace it with another. So for example, you feel that, well, you know, I, maybe I'm addicted to bad music or addicted to um, something that is, that is sinful or even non-sinful. Then you say, okay, I've replaced. Then I started to, listening, started to listen to hymns. I started to take FEBC courses. I started to study the Word. I started to try and read the Bible more, pray more. Because you say, I rely on God. Rely means follow His Word. Whatever His advice is, you just go do it. And then you say, but pastor, you know, you keep saying that, but I've been trying it. It has not been working. I think that is, the, that is the reality of many Christians' life. One, Christians very often don't understand what does it mean to rely on the strength. You rely on His strength means whatever He tells you, you trust it and you obey it. That is, that is the meaning, very simple, straightforward. And then you keep asking Him to help, pray. So one, why Christians fall and lack self-discipline is that they don't understand that. Number two, then the Christian who said, now I understand, I've understood that, I've been doing that. Or maybe in the future coming weeks or months, you say, Lord, I want to get over this. I want to be a disciplined Christian, self-control, right? doing the right things always. Then you try, and then the next few weeks, you find that you still fail. You still fail. Why do you think so? You try, and you try. And even when you're trying, you find that the rising up of the, 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 the temptations and all, you still fail. Why? If I were to ask, who has the experience? I think most of us will put out our hands. Because even the Apostle Paul had the same experience, right? Now turn to <clears throat> Romans. <clears throat> Romans chapter 7. You see, the Apostle Paul was the one who wrote about relying on God's strength very often. But I want you to know that he experienced what many of us experience for most of our lives and life and, and to come, the days to come. Now, he says, verse 15, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. Now, Paul said this. I've been struggling, I've been trying to overcome, but like you and I, he finds that he struggles. And he still falls into the things that he really doesn't want to do. Is he lacking self-control? Now, then look at what he says, verse 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, verse 19, let's read 19 together. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Then verse 20, now if I do that I would not, it is no more I, that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth 
in me. But 21, he finalizes by saying, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Evil is present with me. And although in verse 21, he said, I've, uh, verse 22, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He said, I delight, like, like you try. He said, I delight, yeah, I, I'm trying, but I still keep falling. Now, number one, we learned on Sunday, what does it mean to, to continue to rely on God by His strength? You continue to plug into that power source. The moment you unplug, you will fall. You, you will fail over time. Now, the third R, and here is where we learn why. Why we seem to not be able to overcome, although we apply what we learn. Now, the third, this R is re try re try that is the problem what do i mean by that now i want us to turn to james all right james chapter 1 why is it that we we do this but we still fail and we find that for years already we have been failing it doesn't work no it always works now, James chapter 1, let's read from verse 13, verses 13 to 17. Uh, sorry, 13 to, to 15 together. 13 to 15, reading. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Bringeth forth death. Now, many of us fall back into the same old ways, and we find that it doesn't work because we stop retrying. We give up. We give up. You say, how is it related to this verse? Now, the Christian must understand that right from the Garden of Eden, God says, when you sin, you shall surely die. And we know that all kinds of death happen. Physical death, spiritual death. Both of these happen. So this death of, that sin causes in a human being is both spiritual and physical. There is, a act, there is a harm on the body. Remember, we studied on Friday night about um, um, sexual sins, pornography or of fornication or any, any God says, now, this particular sin, now, it has a particular effect on the body. You see, God tells us repeatedly in the Word that sin has an effect on the body. It brings death. Something happens to you, even for the believer. Know that here, Paul is not, uh, James is not writing to unbelievers about death. So he said, even for the believer, yes, yeah, spiritually, you are saved. You die no more. But as long as you continue to sin, just like Paul says in Corinthians, something happens to your body. And we know that in particular, the mind. That is why in Ephesians, when God, before talk, God talked about um, put on and put off, put on and put off, he mentioned, and last week we studied, the first hour is renewal of the mind. The first thing God talks about is the mind. He did not just simply say put on and put off. Something happens to your mind and your mind has to change. I mentioned last week, one of the problems is when we are addicted, something 
happens in your brain, all right? Scientifically, it is proven. I've said that last week, and before I forget. Now, what I'm going to cover, what I'm going to say tonight, please don't think I am using science to help you overcome lack of self-control. I am and using science to prove the Bible. I'm just simply telling you that the Bible, what the Bible tells us to keep doing, proves that whatever they discovered in the science of the body and of the mind when it comes to addiction, lack of self-control, is exactly what the Bible says. In fact, after science, medicine, medical science, um, they study the effect of people who are in addiction. They come to action plans on what to do to help someone out of addiction. And those action plans are exactly what we see in scriptures. That is why I want us to understand the science part. God is the creator of the body. When he tells you, you just keep doing this, because I'm the creator of the mind, your brain. I know that when you sin, what happens to your, your body, including your brain? What happens to it? And so, I tell you what to do to recover from that death, from that problem that has occurred in your body. Now, you say again, how is it related to retry? Retry. Now, when we allow ourselves to engage in certain sin, all right? Certain pleasures. That's why the Bible called it the pleasures of sin. Pleasures are things that you feel physically, emotionally, both. Not just emotionally. That is a physical pleasure, all right? Pleasures of sin. Now, when pleasures occur, they occur because by the creation of God, the brain secretes certain things, certain um, neurochemical um, things that bring sensations and feelings. Now, when we sin, or even when it's not a sinful thing, we do it and we, maybe for example, just, just, um, just for example, sleeping or, or watching, watching documentary, right? Non-sinful thing. Now, every time we watch, we like it, we like it, and then we develop that pleasure from it, and then the brain associates pleasure with that thing. What am I trying to say? Certain deaths are occurring. Certain damage is occurring to your brain. Certain neural paths, certain connections are occurring and occurring. And when you keep letting it continue, all right, it forms very strong linkages. I mentioned that last week. Someone say, well, yeah, you know, Pastor, I read someone tried to explain that this way. It is like you know, someone going through the jungle for the first time. Um, so he needs to clear the trees to make a path, right? So the path is not very grooved in. And then over time, he walks, he walks, walks and walks, and he let more people walk and walk and walk and walk. That path becomes grooved and grooved and grooved, and it becomes a very beaten-in path, practically a very easy road. Before that, it was quite difficult. Now, that path gets formed, in other words, that, that land is damaged, so to speak. It's grooved in, all right? It's grooved in. If it's not intentional, then it becomes a, a broken path. This is not a path you want people to take. Damaged part of the land. God says that when you let yourself be tempted, all right? Oh, this one, I go on. Then after that, you um, let your 
um, let yourself be enticed and be drawn away with your own lust and then you let it draw yourself and let your, your, your mind connect those paths. And then God says, when, when lust have conceived, when you let it happen and you keep letting it happen, death occurs. Death occurs. So here is, well, if it is to the below, what spiritual death? There's no spiritual death. There is a physical death that begins, a damage that begins to happen to you. Of course, there is a spiritual death, so to speak. You become more and more useless to God. Then you ask again, now, how has it to do with retrying? How is it to do with retrying? Until we realize that this damage, this damage that we've allowed to happen to our brain. Of course, to the world don't think it's damage, all right? What was wrong? You know, you like this, just keep doing it, what's wrong? But to the Christian, you're trying to get out of it. It's a damage. For the damage to occur, it takes time. It takes time. Hence, God says, as long as you continue to rely on Him, means you, whatever He says, you keep trying. You may find that it's not working, but God says, do you trust me? Do you trust me or not? It's just like you, someone tells you, do something, and then you do, it's not working. You say, believe me, it will work. It's working already. It takes time for it to recover. It is literally a recovery. Why does God say, now you do this, keep doing it, keep replacing, keep replacing? Because when you are doing that, you are leaving that path, all right? You are leaving that path that is grooved in and forming new paths. But it takes time for that old path, even like the jungle, all right? I thought, well, this description is quite apt. Even for the jungle, when you want people to stop going down that path, you say, I want, I want to go down the other path. It's difficult to chart a new path. You form it. But this path that is there already, it takes time before the, the grass, the trees start growing over it. And slowly that path gets covered up. So even in the scientific realm, they realize that. That is why it takes time. All right? So retrying and staying on path. Whenever you fall, you get up again. Why do people make many, well, one of the R is resolution, right? We'll come to that later. People make resolution and they fail. Because whenever they find that, ah, I fail, they give up. You, when you say, I rely on Christ, if God says you just keep doing these new things, at the, at the initial part, it doesn't seem pleasurable. Go study God's Word. Go pray. But it's not pleasurable. That is the whole problem. The brain has not formed that sense of uh, accomplishment, that sense of uh, peace, that sense of um, obedience of God that brings you joy. With these things, the brain, the brain is forming that. That is why God said, you just keep talking about spiritual things, edifying things. You put away the other one and replace it with this. Because the moment you begin to replace it and you begin to feel, Lord, I am obeying you. I'm obeying you. And I said, if you're a believer, you have a sense of joy. Then the brain begins to connect these actions with something that is, well, initially may not be pleasurable, but it's something at least it's a sense of accomplishment that I have obeyed God by, his, by, by following His Word. I did what He told me to do by His grace. I did. 
Then it begins to connect. Now, even for people who are having any addiction, name for example, drug addictions, drug addictions, when you want to get out of that, it's called rehabilitation. Re, re, you go through rehabi, rehab, right? Rehab, rehabilitating. Now, you need to go through that. This is rehab of the damage, the damage of the brain. There is actual physical changes in the brain. For that to happen, even for them, it's the same addiction, it's the same reaction in the brain that occurred. Drug addicts, alcoholics, they go in there, they are put in a situation where the triggers, last week we said it, the triggers are not there, are removed because the brain relates the triggers with, relate to those triggers and pleasure, all right? So the removal, they are doing exactly what God says, put off. They remove those things from these people and then put on. They don't just tell them, sit there. They, they have timetable. They have discipline um, activities for them to do. And they make them do certain things to reinforce a certain sense of, of accomplishment, of, of um, having gotten rid, overcoming certain things. And this is these are useful things, and they feel good about themselves. All right? That is exactly what they're doing. They're removing and replacing but you notice one thing, that when these people go through rehab, they go through very strong physical reactions. Why? Because literally, the brain, the brain is thrown into very chaotic and traumatic changes, so much so that it begins to affect you physically. That is why they, they will even go into seizures and shivering. The craving is so strong. That is what happens. Now, let me read to you from some medical website. Now, having said that, let me read to you some things. Now, the point is this. Why do you feel it's not working? Why do you feel it's not working? Because you're not staying at it. You give up. You fall. You don't retry. God says you just keep doing it. In time, even medical science know you go in, you need to stay in there for a certain period. Right? They, by and large, also did some experience where they know a certain period will help the brain to rehab. As, but as if the person goes out, leaves, leaves, they will fail. Right? Some, they literally um, lock you in. Some, they're allowed to leave. We won't force you. It's your choice to come in. You want to live, it's your choice to live, all right? But if you reach a certain stage, you commit certain crimes, they will lock you up. But until then, you're allowed to come, you're allowed to go. They go in, they, they feel the same thing. Doesn't work, mommy and daddy, doesn't work. I've been there, right? You know, two weeks already, still the same. I still want to do all these things. Rehab doesn't work because they gave up. It's the same for the Christian. There is a physical damage, there is a physical rehab literally in the brain that needs to occur now let me read to you then i hope you're following now pleasure all right or yeah addictions lack of self-control the brain needs to be healed 
the deeply grounded path needs to be healed. Now it says, now what is the role of dopamine? All right, dopamine. We said last week, dopamine. It's a neurochemical, um, uh, new, new, the neurochemical dopamine is the central player in all addictions. It is not the only one, all right, but it's a very important part in addictions. And then it says, remember, that is, the whole concept is a, is a reward. The brain has like a reward center, okay? You do something, it releases dopamine in response to that experience, to that pleasure. And then it says, now, dopamine is, is responsible for allowing to feel pleasure. Notably, it's involved in us to help, help, help us to mil, um, um, feel pleasure as part of the brain's reward system. Now, I say, for example, they quote, sex, shopping, smelling some food, all right, um, seeing something. It triggers, it triggers dopamine release, um, release, all right, some call it the dopamine rush. That is why you need to remove the triggers, all right? These triggers are there, it triggers this release. Now, it's a feel-good neurotransmitter. Um, and then you see the seeds of addiction, all right? Another medical website, they, they write about this. Now, this is how God has created the brain, and these are the damage that are happening that needs to be healed. And it takes time to heal. Now, generally speaking, when you experience a positive sensation, dopamine is released. And the pathways of reward center takes note of it. So your brain takes note of it. Now, what triggers this sensation? It can be a substance, it can be a behavior, it can be whatever it is, it triggers. Then it says this, any cues from the environment can help you want to find it again. All right? And it can be time. It can, you can experience at night. So when it's nighttime, that is when your body is seeking that again. Because you have now developed a certain um, um, action, reward, response. The brain is now being damaged because of that. Death is occurring, all right? Just like the beaten path. Death is occurring on the beaten path, all right? The living things, they all begin to die. Now, then it says this, when you're exposed to these environmental cues, you begin to feel the drive to seek out the same pleasure. Now, this drive, and they, they, they understand, this particular drive can be incredibly powerful, creating an urge that is hard to control. Death is happening. And continues to happen. Because, now, it continues to happen because, now, it reinforces all these enjoyable sensations and behaviors by linking things that make you feel good and desire them over and over again. But dopamine also contributes to tolerance, all right? Uh, so we have Dr. Colin here. It also contributes to tolerance, all right? Means it also, well, it was trying to control, regulate as well. Now, that is the whole problem sometimes. You want more. That is why you end up wanting more and more. You just need more of the activity to produce more. The craving for dopamine is so strong, it can overcome the body's defense mechanism in performing, performing unrewarding behaviors. And this is how their conclusion. Why? Why do people get addicted to, and remember when we studied addiction, lack of self-control, it means the normal things in life, you begin to neglect them. People, people so addicted to computer games may not even be sinful computer games, all right? Maybe some word game. They don't bathe, they don't shower, they don't eat. Now, because these are normal things, they are not rewarding to your mind. So they understand that. And to cure this problem, they know it takes time. 
That is why they put them to rehab. It takes time. Now, we need to now begin them on activities while removing this to the brain to associate this as rewarding behaviors. Rewarding, now you say withdrawal symptoms are the consequence, consequences. Um, and say, now, this is the part that, that, you see, everything that science says is exactly what God says. And they say you need to keep staying in this rehab center. The moment you leave, you have problems. Why do you find it not working? Because you give up. Now, listen carefully. Now, say, quitting, for example, quitting pornography isn't just about abstaining from it. It is about rewiring your brain to stop craving those dopamine hits. So they acknowledge it is not just stopping. You need to rewire and see how they put it. To get there, we need to review our recovery like a health challenge. All right? Now, simply eating a healthy diet for six weeks doesn't make you healthy. Just like abstaining from pornography for six weeks doesn't make you recovered. So, number one, they realize that just removing is not good enough. They have an R as well, okay? They call it rebooting. They say rebooting your brain will take time. They understand that. They see physically the changes that occur to the mind and the physical activities, physical chemicals released in the mind. They see that and they realize that for that to change, it will take time. We must keep retrying. When you fall, aren't you thankful that God says there is forgiveness in Him that He may be feared? There is forgiveness. It will take time now. And they mentioned two things. Take time, and in this taking of time, there needs to be dedication to restore your life. There must be dedication. Remember our first lesson. Must be renewed in the spirit of the mind. You see, even they realize for your physical change of your mind, they realize that there must be a spiritual change in your attitude of your mind. A rest. There must be a a resolution, a resolution to restore your life. Many of these people, they go in, they don't have a strong, clear resolution. And even they have, they give up halfway in, in these treatments. Now then it says, um, to restore your life to, the, to a state where pornography or any addiction is part of it no more. To a, you need to restore it to a state where it's part of it no more. Remember we say? Removal. The first step is stopping the habit, but fixing it, they say again, fixing the issue will take time. Will take time. And in this time, generalized seizures can occur. All right? They notice that when they do experiments, withdrawal seizures triggered by neural, neuronal networks of the brain stem. They acknowledge the brain is affected to the extent when you try to stop this addiction, physically, there are, there are consequences. This is the meaning of the consequences of sin. Sin bringeth forth death, the consequence. Now, then it says, now, how long does it take? Various websites I look at, maybe Dr. Colin can comment later on. Now, they, they, they say generally, it, they all agree it takes time and not a short time. All right? Now, this is for... Many 
normal healthy dopamine production. You must get it to a normal level, all right? Now, it says medical professionals believe that your brain's dopamine production will return to pre-substance misuse levels, means pre-addiction levels, over a period of 90 days, 90 days before this healing. I mean, it's like I have a back injury, uh, Sharon's an ankle injury. We have to be patient. We have to keep going to see the doctor because it takes time. We know that even the physical healing takes time. What more? There is really a physical change in you that takes time. Retry. Retry. You don't try, retry it like this. You cannot reboot, okay? Can a Christian come to a state where he is freed from that sin? Yes. Yes. Because the promises of God are always true. Why is it that we fail? Not because God's word failed. God tells us, you keep doing it. It is in the present active sense. All this replace, remove, replace, all in active, present, or ongoing thing. God's word, God's word always works. But we are the ones who have caused the damage to our bodies, and now it takes time. It is unnecessary time lost in the Christian walk, unnecessary. It's like we take a knife and we cut ourselves and then we go to God. God, why are you taking so long? Why is it taking so long to heal? You did it on purpose and the damage takes time. Paul experienced this. When Paul wrote Romans chapter 7, he is a believer, all right? He's not an unbeliever. Even he knows that a lot of things that, that, has, that he has not controlled himself as an unbeliever now takes it into the new person. And he said, evil is within me. This damage, this bad thing, this consequence of sin is in me already. Like a child goes and plays with fire, burns the hand, is damaged, and then he comes crying to you and say, yeah, you know, so what do you mean to do? It takes time. That's how I created the body. Can God heal, heal immediately? Yes. Yes. Some things, yes, he, he chooses to do that. But when you read scriptures, he just says, Paul says this, I press towards the mark of the high calling. Paul had many problems as well, like us. But he said he pressed. Means it is not an easy road and he never gave up. All right? Now, let me continue reading to you what science validates what God tells us as action plans because there is a real death that occurs, a real damage, a consequence of sin that occurs. Now, so they talk about triggers as well. Where is it that I wanted to read? Here. So some study says 90 days. What, what is it? that you're trying to get over. Have you tried for 90 days? Many of us, I think after three days of abstaining from media ad addiction or whatever it is, or movie, binge watching, whatever it is, just three days we give up. Some may be more, um, more laudable. Three weeks, right? Three weeks, some 30 days. Well, your medical science tell us. Many of these damage take easily 30, 90 days. In other words, in that 90 days, how many of us gave up? That is not that God's work didn't work. 
God's word is always true. God's word is also true that death has occurred. Recovery takes time. Right? So don't give up. You fall, you get up. Didn't we keep hearing that? You fall, you get up. You ask for forgiveness. Don't give up. Now, then they say further. Now, it is important to note that co-occurring, they will use the word co-occurring, co-occurring mental health conditions can also impact appropriate dopamine production. So what are they saying? It is not just refraining from something to try and get the dopamine level means to, well, for us as Christians, to recover the damage, the consequence of sin. They said there must be something co-occurring. For them, they call it co-occurring mental health. For scriptures, it's clear. Put on. Put on and a whole list of things. Whatever it is that you have as a problem, put on the opposite spiritual thing. So they know that unless two are occurring together, it is very difficult to get the dopamine, dopamine level back to normal, the spiritual the, the recovery. Now, and then they say this. Now, this process of retraining your brain, all right, this process of retraining your brain is to, to bring to structure, structural normalization. All right? In fact, for some of them, it's so bad that they need to use actual medication. That is why we are not against medication. All right? Actual medication to, is, is so badly damaged. They need actual medication to um, regulate all these activity, these chemicals that are occurring in the person, all right? Now, so they say, but the, but the brain chemistry and the structure renormalization, recovery itself takes time, takes discipline. See, reports after report always revalidates the creator's advice to you. Even they say, it takes time. You, you ran out of the rehab center, you come back. You come back. You keep coming back. We will help you. All right? We will take you in. We will help you. But many of us, we don't go back. We just say, I give up. Doesn't work. Just like this, drug addicts. Now, then it says this. First, the brain must detox. Removal. It takes, and then there's a lot of reports, all right? Then it says this. Um, it, can take up, it can take up to several months or even years to recover. Do you see why God says, don't play with sin? You cause, you, we read in the Old Testament last week, they will be like thorns in your eyes. You literally will have eyes that are full of adulteries, full of whatever it is that you're addicted to. And see, they'll always be there. Even this beaten path that have trees and weeds and uh, things grow over it again. When you step, you can feel the path is still there. It will always be there like we've been studying on Friday. What you see, you cannot unsee. Some of the things just burns into the image, into your brain. But God's word is always true. You can recover. But it's going to take so much time, years even. All right? So the structure of your brain and your brain cells will generally regenerate with continued health and wellness practices. You see, to them, they say the same thing. You need to now regenerate things. But 
It is not just sit there and do nothing. Even they acknowledge it is with continued health, to them healthy health and wellness practices. To us, replaced with spiritual things. So for any of us who say that, well, it fails, I hope we begin to realize why. Why do I want to cover this tonight before I move to the other hours? Because the other hours um, is about things that we need to do. Until you and I knows that there is damage done, it takes time and we need to keep retrying. And also be warned, young ones, don't start new sins. You will have so many things going on, so many paths going on in your brain. Keep building spiritual paths. Over time, you will relate studying the Word, reading as pleasurable, praying as pleasurable. Now you ask yourself, how many hours in the world, how many hours in, in front of the TV, in front of radio, whatever it is, versus the other things? You are just reinforcing, reinforcing all these, all these pleasure centers and reward centers. That is what is happening. So until we realize there is death, you keep trying, you don't give up, God's work will work. It may take you years. It took me years to overcome the sin of um, addiction to pop music. Years, literally. Now I begin to understand. It was such a stupid thing to allow myself to be engrossed in those things. It took me so many years to recover, so many years of wasted young Christian life. And even now, those paths are still there. But thankfully, God will lead me to, to try and do something about it, just keep at it. Now the pleasures in hymns, proper music, far exceeds those. When those come up, sometimes I, it still keeps going on in our minds, right, sometimes. And then I have to put on hymns to now get the brain to regenerate new dopamine levels that connect to pleasure with hymns that sing about my saviour. So hope, I hope, Christian, you keep retrying. Don't give up. God's, work, God's word works. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we pray that we will be so fearful of any form of addiction, of lack of self-control, even if they are not sinful things, to allow ourselves to enter into them. Not because when addiction starts, death occurs. Lord, physically, in us. And it takes so much, so much effort, Lord, even just to heal this problem in us. And Father, we pray that the young ones will be afraid of touching anything that are sinful that will cause them to be addicted. And the adults in us, so Lord, Lord, each one of us will keep trying, trying, for we know that as long as we keep obeying and trusting your word, and keep asking you for help. Lord, we will be victorious. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.